Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brain. Something Positive for Positive People is a podcast featuring interviews with people who are living with or affected by sexually transmitted infections. Today I'm here with my friend Holly, who we apparently like grew up in the same areas here in St. Louis, right? That's right. Where'd you say you're from? Like what area? I am from the north part of St. Louis. North of the wall of St. Louis. That's right. That's where uh, stomping grounds are. No, no code. No code for life. <laughs> oh, man. And how old are you? I'm 33 years young. 33 years young. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like the enthusiasm <laughs> behind it. And um, what is your occupation? I work for my family business. What is your ethnicity? I am, I guess, Caucasian. What, you said that like you had like you had <laughs> no. to think about something else. What's the other thing? I don't like identifying. I don't like identifying my race. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm such a mutt of different, uh, backgrounds from Europe and the Middle East that, you know. I guess you said that, like, you don't, you don't like to identify your On, on job applications and things? Background. I don't like, I just say, it's none of your business. <laughs> I am, I, I'm just me. Does that it's get you a lot me. of jobs? Uh, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Uh, it's interesting you say that because one of the reasons that I ask people what their race is on the podcast or their ethnicity is to get it out there that um, like a lot of the statistics show that a lot of minorities have higher risk of uh, HSV or it's more common among minority groups. But a lot of the people that I've interviewed on these podcasts have just been who would cons- what they would consider themselves to be as white. Mm-hmm. So it's just just one think, of the things. Why do you think that is? Well, I don't know. I think it has to do with how tricky the virus is because there are people who can go forever without any symptoms at all. There are people who just have different like lifestyles. So if you're under a higher stress environment, I would make the assumption that, okay, like a lot of the minority struggles or people who grow up in more urban areas or rural areas um, are more so at risk for higher uh, exposure to stress who end up contracting the virus and then have an outbreak and then bam, you know, you go in and sure. find out that you've been exposed to the virus. So that would be my guess. I don't know that for sure. Remember, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a scientist. I just ask a lot of questions. Why do you think that more Caucasians come on your show than um, more ethnically diverse? Oh, so I would say because they put themselves out there. So the way that I find guests are through different social media outlets. So like if I see that someone posts something and they're like, I just had a great disclosure and I'll comment on it or something and get a conversation going, Adam is a friend. Hey, you want to tell that story on this podcast? I do. And usually the people who come on are really excited. They're like, Oh my God, there's a podcast about this. And then, um, a lot of other cases have just been, um, like I'd post, Hey, I do this podcast. I'm looking for guests. Always. If you're comfortable with sharing your story, please come on. It's not necessarily like a race thing. It's a different level of acceptance where they are. So some people are more comfortable talking about it than others. Um, I've had a few people of other ethnicities. One of my first episodes was with an African-American woman who was in the UK. And then I had two people from an organization that did HIV research. There was another lady, her name was Reese, on one of the podcast episodes. That one was called Divine Intervention. And I think that's it. So probably about four. Oh, and then Matt, who has HIV, was on this podcast as well. So about five, six people. So, I mean, it's really like a matter of where are you 
how out there are you about it so that I can be like, oh, hey, you should uh, do this thing. You should be a part of this. Yeah. That's how we that's how we ended up here. Yeah, that is how we met. So you want to share that story from your perspective? Sure, yeah. So, I mean, it was all of, what, five or six days ago that <laughs> you reached out to me. I had an Instagram for, oh, maybe 12, 13 hours. <laughs> that was all? It's only been up for 13 hours? Yeah, at that point, yeah. I, I started the Herpes Hub. It is a website. There's also an Instagram page that's trying to help, you know, get people thinking and talking about what it's like to live with herpes. That's so important because we don't hear enough of it. We hear more so of like the immediate reaction to what it's like to have herpes. Like nobody wants to date you. You're disgusting. You're gross. You had a lot of sexual partners. You're nasty. You're promiscuous. Those are the kinds of things that we hear immediately. Then the reality of it is Anyone could have contracted it or become exposed to it at any point in life, a number yeah. of different ways. It is a skin-to-skin virus, and we treat it like it's something that you can only get sexually. We treat it like it's something that you can only contract from having multiple partners when that isn't even the case. Man. No, I mean, technically, a baby can be exposed to it just by being born through the vaginal canal. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if you're having an outbreak and give birth technically you know that can go anywhere on that child and that's but it was probably like the second or third thing that i worried about one of the top things on your mind the top things as a woman was you know how can i safely have a child and Mm -hmm. that was the first conversation i had with my doctor was what do i do and can i still have children he was really really good with me i mean he he sat me down and you know he had me get get dressed again and sat me back down and was like he, he came over to me, sat eye to eye with me, held on to me and said, this is so common. You have no idea how many people come through here and I diagnose with this. You're going to be fine. We're going to put you on this medicine. These are other medications you can apply to the area. You're going to have children. He, he just gave me this all this information right off the bat, like kind of squashed So you're one of the lucky ones. You had a good doctor who was informed and educated and was able to provide the emotional support that a lot of us didn't receive from our uh, doctors upon diagnosis. Yeah, I feel I do feel really lucky that I had someone that was really reassuring. He was pretty awesome, but he was also straight to the point. He wasn't he he wasn't fluff and he he wasn't like, you know, everything's going to be fine. He was just like, you have it. This is super common. You're going to have babies. And which type of herpes is it? I have genital herpes. I don't know which type it is because when he tested me the first time, like when he diagnosed me on the spot, just by looking at it, he said, it just, it wasn't anything that I knew about. It wasn't anything that I... Types thought are concerned. You never thought, I, no I want to know, is this type one or type two? You just I didn't knew, even know fuck there were. herpes. I didn't even know there were two types. Yeah. I had no idea. So... Mm. How long ago was know, this? I was exposed on... December 31st, 2016, New Year's Eve. Woohoo. And you know for a fact that that's when you were exposed. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about what was happening around then? Or like, yeah. how do you know for a fact that you were exposed to it then? So I was seeing someone exclusively. Um, it was a guy that I worked with, and we had been friends, kind of like acquaintances, I guess, for a while, probably about 10 months. 
And then he asked me out, and so we were dating for about three months exclusively. And around that time, so around in December, I was like, I am not into this guy, and I want to break it off. I talked to him about it, but this was a few days before New Year's Eve, and we already had plans, and we were going to this party with friends, and it's like, okay, well, we'll still... We'll still go do that and whatever. So New Year's Eve, obviously the drinks are flowing and, um, you know, so we end up, um, sleeping together and a couple times and, um, in that, I guess, condition we were in, he When you say condition, do you mean intoxicated? We were intoxicated and, um, this was... New Year's Eve, right? So I didn't realize that he wasn't wearing a condom, but we always had worn condoms in the past and, um, he was not wearing one and did not realize that till after the fact. So he stealthed you, stealthed, stealthed you? Something like that. Yeah. So apparently that's the thing where guys are like removing condoms mid sex and it's stealthing, which is like a form of sexual assault, I believe. You know, that's how it felt yeah. after the next day I was, I was sore. And then the next day I was even more sore. And then the next, the third day I was like, something's not right. And I looked, took a mirror. I mean, I've never explored my nether region. Like I have since I've gotten herpes, <laughs> like I know it by heart. And, um, there were two bumps there and I'm like, okay. That's, not like that's the, not, okay. not the bumps that you would mistake for a hair bump, right? Well, that's what I was hoping. Mm-hmm. I Googled it. You know, I think I Googled herpes. And that's like the worst thing you can do it when is you think the, you have herpes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I'm hyperventilating. It's the middle of the night. I'm just like, okay, go to sleep, go to sleep. And I wake up the next day. I look down there again and they are gone. The bumps are not there. So it just came and went within 24 hours? Yes. Okay. Two days later, it's still hurting. I look down again. The same damn bumps are back. Mm-hmm. So this is from Saturday to Friday. Friday and I'm like, I'm making a point with my doctor. And that's when... That's when all of the good I, stuff happened from your doctor. That's when all... That's when he was just super chill and mm-hmm. and, and helped me process. So what was your relationship with this guy between the time of exposure to the time of your diagnosis? Was he still in the picture at all? Kind of. Um, I was telling him things like, you know, I'm really sore from the weekend. I don't know. He was probably excited. He was like, oh yeah, I tore it up. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, you know, I don't know because I still to this day am not sure if he knew he had it or not. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, like that's something that a lot of us will never get. Well, a lot of us will never get that closure that we want. And I mean, with herpes being so tricky, I mean, it's not something that you can necessarily pinpoint to a person unless, like you said, I had, there's a direct correlation between me having sex with this person and immediately seeing symptoms. Mm-hmm. And then that's, I mean, that probably would be the closest way that we can find it. So yeah, I hadn't been with anyone in a while to where 
I would have known. I would have known. So from everything that I've read, it's two to 21 days from exposure. And I definitely wasn't sleeping with anyone else between two and 21 days before him. So, you know, and there were other things that presented themselves before, before I actually was diagnosed. Um, I had, I had had like a yeast infection or something in like November. And that prompted me to be like, Hey, I totally thought I like had chlamydia. And Mm -hmm. so can you please just go get tested? And like, we're, we're, we're clearly, we're doing something here. So like, let's just make sure that we're both in a good place. I'm going to the, I'm going to my annual in a few weeks. Why don't you go get tested? And then we'll, we'll reconvene later. And just in that time frame, it just, I don't know. I, I, I guess he didn't go or, or he said, he said he did and he tested negative. I don't know. Yeah. It's all to me. It's, it's, it's here nor there. It's behind me. Whether he knew or not is a moot point. You know, yeah. it's, it just, it is what it is now. And to dwell on how I got it and, and who it came from and, oh, he knew and none of that serves me well anymore. It serves no purpose in my life, um, and, and it's not going to get me to a positive space. So I just, I've, I've let go. And I had mentioned to you, you know, last week when we kind of chatted about my exposure and stuff, I said, you know, I really don't want to talk about it because I'm just so far past it. And I'm so, I'm so happy now that I don't want to go to that negative place anymore. But I do realize that there are people out there that maybe do have that anger and I want people to understand that I did have that anger and it was a process and it's not overnight to, to, to come to terms with your new normal. It, it is a roller coaster and there were many nights that I was, I cried and I screamed and I was just angry at my, at my, at my life and, and, and hopeless. And, um, you know, when you, so when you, um, would you say that it would have helped you to know, yes, he gave it to me. Yes. He knowingly did it or no, he didn't knowingly do it. It might be better to not know. Mm. I mean, to, if I knew that he knew that he had it and he knowingly put me at risk without disclosing, without like letting me have a heads up, I think I would be even more angry. It's almost probably better for my well being to just let him be in denial or to deny it and just close that chapter altogether. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's not worth my energy to to even dwell on it anymore. He's not a person that's in my life anymore. We were cordial for some months, and I kind of told him, you know, I know what you're doing. You're trying to, I don't know, what's that, breadcrumb? No, not breadcrumb. The opposite. He's trying to keep me... Dangle the carrot? Yeah, like, I don't know. Was he trying to hook up with you because you both had herpes? Is that what you're trying to get at? Uh, maybe, but he kept, like texting me like little things like how was your weekend and and i'm like Don't oh you get it's it? kind of like guilt i want to stay on your good side because i know i did this shitty thing to you 
you would think that that's where it was coming from. That, and I think he was still trying to pursue me. And I'm like, do you realize the consequences of your actions? And like, he was just in full, he's just like in full on like denial of it. And so one night last summer, I was just pissed off and I texted him and I was like, you have never even asked me if I am okay. You are just texting me as if nothing happened, as if I didn't just get diagnosed with herpes, as if you aren't the one that gave it to me. And he said, I'm sorry. Is he sorry for texting you or giving you herpes? <laughs> as that's, that's a very big He's sorry signal. for not addressing the issue and just And then did he address the issue ever? He said he didn't. He, I said, why didn't you just tell me? And he said, I didn't know. I don't know why I didn't tell you, but I didn't know I had it. <laughs> this could be this so is the all English. Text. I don't know. You the can... context here is so it's interesting to dig into, but that's neither here nor there. Well, he 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 claims he 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 didn't he didn't know he had it. So yeah. I it, think that it, it, it's, it just it is what it is. And for a while, that was something I struggled with because uh, when I got diagnosed, I didn't have everyone's number. It makes me sound so much worse than it really was. I, I sent them Facebook messages. Hey, or I just Tinder, found out. Tinder messages? You can say yes. <laughs> not for that one. I, I disclosed through Tinder, which was a tragedy. <laughs> that oh, did not go well. Really? Um, when I found out I was diagnosed, I sent messages to the girls. Like, hey, I have herpes. You should get checked. Do you have it? Do you know if you have it? But it was more of like a, I have herpes. Do you know if you have it or not? Because mm-hmm. I was more so concerned about, did I give this to any of my like most recent partners, and everyone said no, they didn't have it. I was just like, oh, so this could be one of those things where I'm one of the people who just didn't have symptoms until that particular point in time in my life, and I haven't had many outbreaks throughout my life, so I guess I'm just one of the lucky ones. Lucky ones, maybe. Or people lie. Yeah. And and I've learned that through the last year and a half that people lie. Yeah. And um, people aren't as as fantastic as we are i think that not knowing for me personally has been better you know just like you said you know not knowing has probably been better for you but for me it was more of like because i didn't have anybody to point the finger at Mm -hmm. it left me with pointing it at myself i never took responsibility i can't think of any time where i asked a girl well before i got herpes hey do you have any stds when's the last time you were tested the closest thing to it would be hey do i need this condom and that was more so asking are you on birth control than do you have any stds or when's the last time you were tested and then i remember also like my form of knowing whether or not i had anything was my most recent partner going and getting tested and finding out that she did or didn't have anything. Whenever a girl I was seeing went to get her annual wellness or women's exam, mm-hmm. she'd come back and say, oh, everything came back clear. And I'd be like, yes, I'm good. So so here's the problem with that, though, that I learned through my herpes diagnosis was my annual was on December 28th, three days before I was exposed. Everything came back, quote, normal. Um, but then when I went in, when I had this, you know, flaming heat radiating from my nether region, um, I found out they only tested me for HPV. So once you're over 30, apparently the science world thinks that you are married and you're only, and you only have one partner and they don't even tell, they don't even tell you 
that they're not, you know, you go in and you're like, test you me say for, test me for everything, for everything. And no, they are not testing you for chlamydia or gonorrhea or HIV or syphilis or herpes. They're only testing you for HPV because they, I guess, think that that one causes cancer. And so that's the one that you're most at risk for. That's all they test for. So they just look at you and give you the HPV test. Why wouldn't they, they test swab, you for any They swab the inside that's looking for cancer cells caused by HPV. And I did not know that. Mm-hmm. And, and I, how did you find out? So when I went back, when, when I saw the bumps and this was, you know, first week of January, mm-hmm. I go back and, and I'm, and I'm saying, you know, you, I just got, I just got tested last week. And, and that's when they said, well, we only tested for HPV. So if you were, if, if you had been exposed to anything else, it wouldn't come up on the test anyway, because I wanted to know, did I have, did I have herpes on December 28th or did I get it on New Year's Eve at the time that I think I was exposed? And they said, well, we have no way of knowing because we never tested it. And uh-huh. that's when I discovered, and that's when they told me, well, you're over 30. And I'm like, like, and you think means? that, yeah, I'm like, what does that mean? They're like, well, it's just assumed that your risk is, has, has gone down. I'm like, you don't know me, like, and you Seriously. don't know, like, my generation, the, or your the, lifestyle. the millennials. Like, there's like, so many different, there's so many different alternative lifestyles that would go against, like, I only have one partner and both of us are faithful. Like, they're making the assumption that your significant other hasn't cheated or wouldn't cheat or isn't cheating, that you only have one partner, that you couldn't be single, that you couldn't be dating. There's so many factors here that are taken out of consideration in doing that. It's a really, really antiquated way of thinking about sex and relationships. Yeah, because like I said, it's 2018. There's all these different lifestyles. There's open relationships, people with multiple partners. There's there's different kinks altogether that would warrant there being a higher risk of exposure to an STI. And for them to just not test at all because you're over 30 and a woman, like... So what would you say was the most important part of your herpes journey i hate to call it herpes journey because that's what it's everybody okay. calls it it's uh, more of like a adventure how about that <laughs> same thing but like i don't know I, so when i talk about herpes i always say like to me it was like a sudden speed bump and i'm driving through the course of life and then bam it hits me i'm forced at that point to slow down or stop and just evaluate the things that are going on in my life yeah. looking back and looking at the collection of experiences that I've had and drawing meaning from them and deciding what they mean for me now so that I can move forward with that. Because I believe there's a lot of strength and growth that's taken place as a result of our unique individual sets of experiences that equip us for doing whatever it is that we want to do later down the road in our future. It's just a matter of having something happen that makes us slow down because we're always going in life and we never just have that time to stop self-reflect and just have that time for introspection of whatever it is that's going on in our lives so for me that's what herpes was herpes hasn't been an adventure herpes was a you need to sit down and look at things and then when i finally stopped putting up the resistance to doing that i was able to see for myself oh herpes was just what 
stopped me and made me see all these other things that are happening in my life. I want to modify that. I want to change that. I need to begin to view differently that I need to begin to take more control of and make conscious decisions about. So for you, would you say that herpes has done something similar to that for you? Absolutely. Herpes was a catalyst in a reevaluation of my life, where it was going, what I valued, what I wanted, what my future held. It was something that hit me over the head and said, you really need to refocus on what the rest of your life is going to look like. It was about reevaluating relationships. Prior to diagnosis, I had told this guy, I don't want to pursue this anymore. Like, we can still be friends and yada yada. He didn't know, but there was a bigger thing going on with me. And it was, I am not pursuing anyone that I'm not serious about. I'm not going to sleep with anyone. I'm not going to go on these frivolous dates. Like, I'll go on a date. I'll go on a second date, but I'm not going to keep something going for three months that I know is not going to go anywhere. And that was a decision I made in, like, mid-December and kind of told him that it wasn't going to work and went to this party, got exposed to herpes. And it's like, when you tell the universe you're going to do something. It holds you accountable. And I feel like my herpes diagnosis was a way that it held me <laughs> accountable. And it said, okay, well, now I've put up this barrier, whether it's real or imagined. I watched some YouTube videos and one of them that spoke to me was the universe has one answer and it's yes. So when you begin to live your life from that perspective of as long as I'm doing and being what it is that I need to do or be, the universe is going to provide accordingly. And it did. And it kind of put me in my place of, well, Holly, you say you want a good man. You want someone who respects you. You want to be able to trust someone. You want to get married. You want to have children. Well, you're going to have to refocus your priorities. You got to get your shit together. You got to get your shit together when it comes to men. And that's how I view herpes. It sounds crazy to say it now to Holly couple months in a diagnosis. It sounds crazy, but I feel like it's a blessing. I, I don't view herpes in a negative way anymore. Sometimes I have an annoyance, but for the most part with medicine and good health and being conscious of my body, I don't really have too many issues with the physical annoyances. It, it's been such a positive thing for me. I'm glad that it happened because it just knocked me it knocked some sense into it knocked you. some sense into, really <laughs> honestly and i don't think that i would be dating my boyfriend if it weren't for that i don't think that i would have been in a place where i was taking you might have seriously. you might have put up resistance to having met him and how long have you two been together seven months today oh no way that's yeah. how long i've been with my girlfriend it's been really? almost eight yeah we'll be uh, eight months on the 20th. Aww. So yeah, it would have been that long. Oh, congrats. How'd you two meet? Well, it's a crazy story, but we went to grade school together. So we know each other since 1991. Oh, my God. We were six years old. Um, I have documentation if you need it. It's in my diary. I found it in my parents' house in the basement in a box. Um, dated from February 1992, and it was 
well, what his name is, is cute. I like what his name is. What his name is. And then, like, two weeks later, it's like, I hate him. And <laughs> That's how you know it's real. <laughs> because, because some Makes girl emotions. in my class told him that she loved him, and I was all upset and yada yada, but oh. broke my heart. And so, um, yeah, we, we went to grade school together for a couple years, and then, and our families knew each other, and and then he went, he, he moved, and I didn't see him for a decade, saw him in high school, saw him one time in college, and then we reconnected last fall. Yeah. Yeah. He is, first of all, he's amazing. And you're going to play this for him, <laughs> aren't you? Yeah, I am. <laughs> he is so accepting and supportive and he is negative STD all across the board negative as far as we know. Um, but he was just amazing at disclosure. What's interesting to me is how you said you guys reconnected and having had herpes and reconnecting with someone who doesn't have herpes, how difficult was that conversation for disclosing? Well, I'd had a lot of practice runs that were pretty awful. They didn't go horribly. It wasn't like, it wasn't like the person reacted and said, disgusting, get away from me. I don't want to see you. Nothing like that. I haven't had anyone treat me poorly, but I acted just like an emotional mess. Crying so it was in and... how you presented yourself. The way you felt about it was how the world around you received it. Absolutely. It was the first disclosures, you know, it was not many people really knew at the time that I had told a good friend and that was teary. He was super cool about it though. I told someone that I went on a date with, like I kind of didn't really want to pursue it. So I kind of was like, well, I have herpes. Cause I was like, I don't care if I ever see you again. I don't care what you say. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell you because I'm kind of interested to see how you react. And he was like, oh, it's cool. I'm like, dang it. <laughs> That's the worst if you want somebody to go away and then you're, they're like, oh, me too. We can do this. Let's make uh, this work. Yeah. The way you disclose is so key in how that person is going to take all that in. So if you're panicked and you're, you know, I understand if you don't want me and, you know, and you're dramatic, they're going to freak out and they're going to think that this is something that they shouldn't accept. Yeah. But if you start and you say, this is the situation, here's the facts, I'm okay with it, I really care about you, and I trust you, and I hope that you're okay with it, I'll answer any questions, I'll give you information, and that's how I did it with him, and, mm -hmm. and it, was, it went off well. One thing that I believe has been important in the disclosures that I've had is the experience element, because the facts are out there, they're inconsistent. The facts are really inconsistent. I saw something that says one in six people have herpes. One in six people have genital herpes. One in five people get cold sores on their lip. And then it's like, okay, which of these is right? Because obviously one number is greater than another. And then the narrative, when you talk about genital HSV, oral HSV, are we talking about type one? Are we talking about type two? There's so many factors that can easily confuse someone. So one of the things that I've always used is my own personal experience. It's been, hey... I have herpes. I was not given a choice on whether or not 
I wanted to contract it, so I want to make sure and I give you that choice before you fall crazy in love with me, and then your judgment's cloudy. Here's what it means for me, and here's what it means for you if we decide to move forward. And that's usually where I say something like, all right, well, if I'm having any outbreaks or I feel one coming, we can't have sex. I don't want to put you at risk. It's we're going to wear condoms. We're going to take the other precautions that I have, which is like taking the medication around the time of our encounters. And these are just some of the things that I've done and like shower before and uh, the girl that I was seeing would go and shower right after if she were negative. There was just so much thinking involved with it. And like to get to a place of acceptance where you could just say that and then be like, here you go, take it or leave it. It's completely liberating to not have to worry about that anymore, really. Absolutely. So I think another important aspect of disclosing besides being confident and having your facts is to not do it in the moment. So you need to find a... When you say in a moment, do you mean like right before having sex? Yeah, while you're like getting it on. Don't... That's not the... That's not the right time to disclose. If you're not ready, you might say something like, I'm not ready. But they're like, we want to know why. Like, what, why? What is it? Is it me? What am I doing? And then at that point, that other person's completely miscommunicating what it is. Granted, no means no. Sometimes like... So with my boyfriend, I said, like, I really care about you and I really want to wait. That was my way of kind of delaying, you know, okay, is this someone that I really care about that I want to pursue? And to kind of keep all of that at bay. And so we had this conversation. It was a disaster of a day. I had this whole day planned where we were going to go for a hike and we were going to like, look at this beautiful scenery. And I was going to tell him I practiced the night before I rehearsed my lines. I had my facts I was so prepared. I do love him. So I was like, this guy is important and I'm going to, this is going to be beautiful. And no, I had like a mini panic attack in the morning and I said, I just can't make it today. You know, maybe we can do it tomorrow. You know, I've got this and that going on and I just made a bunch of excuses that were lies. And I said, but you know, I'm going out with my friends later. So if you want to meet us out at the bar. So I ended up taking him on a walk down to river front so we were kind of looking at beautiful scenery but it was also pitch dark i wanted it to be outdoors and not while we're at my house or or on a date or in that's, intimate or that's anything. good that's good i like that everything that I was set the ambiance moment yeah i really that's that was important for me and that's kind of what the herpes hub is i set the ambiance of serenity calmness, positivity, love, and beauty. And that's that's what I hope when people visit the site, that's how they feel. Theherpeshub.com. And you can also follow me on Instagram at theherpeshub. And also you can email me at theherpeshub at gmail.com. You can tell me your story. I say this in the blog. If you want to disclose to me, I'm happy to hear your story, give you feedback, and encourage you. You know, whatever it is that you need. Um, I've been there. Like so many others, our stories, they're individual, but they're very similar. You know, we're all in this together, and I don't want anyone to feel like they're ostracized or they're alone or, you know, they just don't have someone to talk to. So I want to be that person to someone else. And is that the point of the site? Is that what made you start it? Absolutely. I was talking to a girl on 
supportgroups.com, which is a great site, and it was under the herpes topic, and I kind of went on there to get support, talk to people. I really hadn't talked to anyone with herpes before, and this is in October of this past year. This is May, so what's seven months ago? I, I don't even know how I stumbled upon it. It, it. I guess I just needed it at that time. And I started talking to this girl, and she's 21, living in New Zealand, and going through all of these emotions. She she had been diagnosed for three years. You know, she was like 17 or 18 years old, and I'm just like, oh, I need to reach out to this girl, and we need to connect, and I've got so much experience under my belt in just the things I've done in my life and relationships. And I just have a little more perspective to where I can kind of talk her down off the ledge. Because if this girl has been dealing with this for three years, it's time to end this. And we got really close. We became Facebook friends. We stay as close as we can, being really awkward time zones apart. And I found so much joy and satisfaction in helping her and talking her through different situations. Oh, she's dating this guy and she really likes him or this guy is, she thinks this guy is trying to use her. And it was a great mentor-mentee relationship. And I thought, you know, all these things I'm saying to her could probably be repeated to a lot of other people. So instead of copying and pasting into this supportgroup.com, why don't I just make a herpes hub, it's like a hub, for a hub herpes. for people to with herpes to come and just read through my thoughts and and my you know I know you don't like the word journey and all that but my journey from the panic if that's what it was for you diagnosis, that's what it was yeah it wasn't a great journey but you know it, it was it went from panic at diagnosis to just being at peace with this is what's on my plate. It's really not that big of a deal. If this is all I have to deal with in my life, I'm pretty damn lucky. There's always something else. And based on our own unique sets of experiences throughout life, we have our good, our bad. We don't want to compare what's bad to someone versus good to another. Like, we all should just celebrate and appreciate the good. And on top of that, we should appreciate the bad because it has lessons in there. The lessons within the bad more so equip us with the tools that we need in order to have more good. It's not going to define me. It is what it is. It is what it is. That's a good That's, that's a good. That's my grandfather's favorite quote. I have it. I didn't know it, but it's like a quote that I loved, and I have it up in front of my kitchen sink, and I look at it every day, and I'm reminded that this is the life that I have, and I'm going to make the most of it. If I can help other people get through something that I've already been through, then that's that's what I need to do. And It's important. I think that there's a lot of therapy and healing that takes place as a result of helping other people. You know, I talk to people all the time about this podcast. I'm like, yeah, you're thanking me, but if it weren't for you being helped by this, that's where I get a lot of my own sense of help. Because when you say things to someone else going through something similar to what you're going through, when you say it out loud, you hear it. Versus when you think it, you know, it's just there. But when you speak it into existence and you hear it with your ears and know it came from your mouth, like, damn, you know, I really should take my own advice. And I started to do that. Like, when I have these kinds of conversations, there's always bits and pieces of things that I pick up and that I take out with me into my everyday life. These are some of the best conversations that I've had and like you well we didn't get to it but um, one of the things that you said is like having herpes has 
increased the level of intimacy that you can have with people. And that's mainly because there's now something I have to be vulnerable about, which granted, now that everybody knows, it's not really a thing to be vulnerable about, but it opened the door for me to deepen the connections to people that I've had who have been close to me, who had no idea this was going on. So for me to, I have herpes. And then for people to tell me, man, I got twins on the way and I ain't ready for them mm-hmm. for, for someone to be like oh man that's it you know I got this going on or for people to be like oh my god me too or so and so does like that being vulnerable in those places has been probably one of the most strength building things that I can say has happened in life it's opened the door for other things in my life for me to be able to approach people because that was something that I struggled with. And then after like starting to tell people I had herpes, like approaching people and starting conversations with strangers and sh- just trying to talk people into coming in the gym and training with me. All of these things have become second nature now as a result of having something that I at one time perceived, which seems like a lifetime ago now. I perceive this to be like the worst thing in the world, mm-hmm. but there's so much worse. So for you... You gained confidence and maybe some extroversion. I gained compassion and sympathy. So I think I've become a kinder person. More kind? Kinder? You can say kinder. Well, that'll be a word on this podcast. Great. The the sympathy and empathy and, and compassion that I have for all people is unlike what I was like before herpes. I, I've always been a nice person and I try to make you friends with everyone. You sounded like you questioned that so much in the tone of your voice. <laughs> I've always been a nice person? No, I, I, <laughs> I can say that with confidence. My dad told me the other day, he was like, he heard me on the phone because, you know, I work at the family business and he said, why are you lifting your voice at the end of your sentence? He's like, you're questioning. Like I'm, he's like, you don't sound confident when you, see, I just did it again. Yeah. And I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to work on that. All right. He's like, you gotta, you gotta, your tone needs to go down at the end. So it sounds like, yes, you're firm. Stand it. I've always been a nice I person, am confident. but I've become a better person. Let's say that. Yeah. It, it's growth. It's something that for a lot of people beats us down, but like, you've got to be really broken down in order to be able to build yourself up. So yeah. while some people have various levels of tragedy to me, if this is the worst thing that's happened or going to happen to me, then I'll take it. I see how it's changed me. I see how it's made me a much more open-minded person. I'm, I've met people that I otherwise wouldn't have met had it not been for this. I've been exposed to different cultures, new ways of thinking, new thought processes, and just different perspectives. Perspectives, And it's just, like you said, while it's made you more kind and compassionate, it's definitely made me more empathetic towards everyone. Because you never know what people are dealing with. You, you don't know, know who's walking around with God knows what, you know, an STD, a sickness, or they're mourning an the loss of someone. Loss. Or an ex- yeah, loss, grief. And so you just go, okay, well, I don't really know the whole picture on everyone. So it's best to be kind and compassionate to everyone regardless it's also easier it's easier to be nice to people than it is to hold grudges and be made for sure yeah it's no good to hang on to the anger i learned that the hard way for quite a few months post-diagnosis um so you mentioned you know increased intimacy too oh yeah not just with friends but like in the bedroom too it's when you're like yeah i mean you have to talk about it you know is everything good down there and you can make a game no then dirty talk like oh it can be dirty (laughs) Uh, and then you can lick your lips. I don't know. Like it can be some form of foreplay. I've been, 
I've never done that, but you know, it just makes us talk about like what we can do and what we can't do. We'll do, won't do, we'll do, won't do, and and okay, well, if we can't do anything, that's never that's never really an option. But <laughs> you know, we have a really good time watching This Is Us and cuddling on the couch and like making out and good save and talking <laughs> and drinking wine and just having a really good time with each other and that has almost that has brought us closer i don't think we would be who we are as a couple if it wasn't for having to stop and say you know what what are we gonna what are we gonna do tonight you have to connect deeper on other levels and I did not mean that as a pun, but like <laughs> you seriously, like there is, well. you get the mental connection, the emotional connection, not just the physical connection. Mm-hmm. Cause there's so many different areas that we can connect on. If you remove one element, then it should not feel like there's something missing or like, Oh my God, we can only do this thing. You want to be in a relationship where you're only with a person because of the sex. You want to be able to go with them to places and have experiences with them outside of just you two in the bedroom naked and doing what you do and then it's like what do we have to talk about or i want tacos i want chinese so tacos and margs (laughs) that's our thing (laughs) so yeah i mean it it gives you that time to decide well what else what what are our other options you know whether it's something in bed or if it's oh man herpes has definitely opened up the sex life tremendously Cause like I went a while without sex, so it was just like mm-hmm. I want to do this and this. So it just opened up the repertoire, the sex that I have now versus the sex that I had then. It just comes down to having to have that open, honest communication with partners. Okay, well, what are you into? What are mm-hmm. you not into? And having those negotiations where you're saying what's okay, what's not okay, what you're willing to try, not willing to try, safe words, all that kind of stuff. So for people who think their sex life is over because of herpes, it's not. It unless gets, you want it to be. It gets better. Yeah, it, it definitely gets, gets better. Way better. I thought the same thing. I, I literally said to my mom, no one will love me. No one will want me. I am a waste of a woman. I have no purpose. Like, that is how that's dark I got on up day you thought one. That. And not, that's not, not, those I'm aren't not your proud thoughts. Of it. Oh, yeah, God. That's not no, yours. that's, that's years and years of being, of, of, Societal programming. Yes. Being told what having an STD means. All those awful movie jokes and stand up and. You would not believe what is out there until you get herpes, and then it's just, it explodes in front of you. I love watching Netflix comedy shows, and wow, that is a common theme, is to joke about having herpes, oh, herpes in particular, because people will say things like, well, at least it's not herpes, <laughs> and everybody in the audience laughs, but it's I, I like, okay, one of every six people in here, someone's not really laughing. <laughs> exactly. And so my boyfriend and I typically turn the show off. At that point? And that's kind of my way of, of saying, you know what, we don't accept this. Yeah, we usually turn it off. I think it was Eddie Murphy, when he wore like that red jumpsuit. I know. Is that one of the old ones? Yeah, we were watching it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I was just like fuck this yeah turn it off it's just my way of saying we're not going to stand for this anymore mm-hmm. this is just it's not acceptable to talk like this about 75 million american i mean what is it whatever the one number is i don't even look five, at it anymore six. it just yeah. changes so much yeah that's true greatest takeaway from having herpes 
based on the herpes hub and my mission there, which I think is the greatest takeaway, is that I love myself so much more. And it's not like, I love myself even though I have herpes. It's, I love myself and I have herpes. And like life is good. Gotta embrace those imperfections. I mean, what are we without those imperfections? If everyone's the they're same. Char- they're character builders. Yeah. You know? It's no fun to be perfect. Tell me about it. I struggle with it every yeah, day. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the personal trainer over here struggles with <laughs> being perfect. I'm so happy we got to do this episode. I've had to do such serious ones lately, just with SCD Awareness Month and wanting to be educational and informative, but it was really nice to just be able to sit down and have a no-pressure conversation for the first time in a while. Well, <laughs> Seriously. It was, it was a pleasure, and I'm... I'm so excited that you reached out to me and that we live, we live in the same freaking town. We grew up in the same suburb and we love that herpes. I wouldn't say I grew up there. I kind of moved in and then graduated and was like, all right, peace out. I grew up in a hood, rough part of town. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, regardless, we still have something in common. A few things in common. Yeah. And we wouldn't have known had it not been for herpes. I know. So, see, it's a blessing. You get to meet awesome people and do podcasts and... All that good stuff. Absolutely. This concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People. Please like, rate, share, review this podcast. Shoot Holly a note on the Herpes Hub. That's theherpeshub.com or follow her on social media at... The Herpes Hub. Is it just Instagram? It's just Instagram. Okay. Till next time, stay positive.